Well, hey there, sweet peas. Welcome back to Friendless. I'm your host, James Avramenko, back once again with a brand new episode with very special returning guest, actor, producer, wrestling aficionado, the one and only Rod Peter Jr. Rod and I discuss the anti-heroes of John Carpenter movies, how to put on a fringe play in your 30s, how to build a community with only a single mushroom for company, and so much more. Rod is an absolute joy, and you're going to love this episode, so lean back, get comfy, set your volume at a reasonable level, and enjoy my interview with Rod Peter Jr. here on Friendlist. So, Rod Peter Jr., you are returning once more to the show, and I cannot be more pleased to have you. Um, I have so many, are you? like, no. disparate... Well, I have so many, like different direction questions for you and i don't really know where to start but i think i think for listeners who either haven't listened to your other episode or just aren't familiar with who you are um i've been starting recent interviews with a very blunt question of who the hell are you um that's a deep question that's a (laughs) deep 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 question or it's not i you know like i guess it depends on how deep of a human being you are right what's the impulse yeah what's the like you're like you know, some people are like, well, I'm a cashier. Oh, that's that's how you identify in the world. Just a cashier. That's great. Um, the douchey answer is I'm an actor, which oh, mm. kills my soul. Yeah. I hate my spine. It. Every every yeah. vertebrae just tent, just fused yeah. together, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think it just I don't like it because if you're not already famous, you have to explain why you're an actor. Mm. You know, like no one goes like. Hey, who are you? And like, George Clooney. What do you do? Well, I'm an actor. Oh, so like, how's that work for you, George Clooney? Like, they just, they know. They know right away. But if you're like, no, oh, I'm an actor. And they're like, hmm, like as a hobby? Is there anything I've seen you in? Pity, what pity TV show? That. And you're like, oh, just like theater. And like, oh, like with a band? Like, nope, nope. That's not the same thing. <laughs> Thanks for, okay. Um, but who am I? That's a question I ask every day to myself. <laughs> who am I? Yeah, funny thing. Uh, I've been I I ask myself almost a version of that question in a weird way when I'm w- about to walk on stage for a show now, mm. and I have this like I have no jitters anymore with theater, and. Uh, I don't have that like, oh, the butterflies or like, will this work or will this not work? Like I, I get it all pre-done and then like I write my thing and then I just go out there and I go, nope, uh, you either like it or you don't. And I don't give a shit anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I have this like weird thing now where like the I can feel the seconds, like the seconds before you have to walk on stage. Mm-hmm. And I always just think to myself like, what if I didn't? Yeah. What yeah. if I just walked away? Yeah. What would happen? What would happen? And I just like go, what life would like, what life could I live if I just right now walked away and just did something else with my life? And it's just this weird, and I go, nope, don't have time to think about it. And then I just go right on stage. <laughs> Cause I asked that question, I'm like, what if everything was falling apart? And who am I? What is this? Like all these, and it's like, no, you don't have time to think. You gotta say lines. Like, all right, great. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird, stupid thing I do. I haven't been on stage in a long time, but I, the last couple shows mm-hmm. that I was doing, I remember I would I wouldn't be nervous all day. Nothing would, you know, like I'd be I'd I'd do I had like a bit of a pre-show ritual and I would always do the same thing and I'd yeah. like I was playing music in the last show I was in and so I'd play practice a song. And uh I had a similar experience to what you were talking about about like it would only be like the 5 seconds before you know cuz the show would start with me on stage. So it'd be like the house lights would go down and then suddenly my heart would just go you know yeah yeah and then but then you're but then it's you know yeah too late go go do your job now you know and uh and it almost like i don't know i don't know if it's like i don't think it was this intense but it's like i i almost think of it as like a little bit of like an ego death moment and it's like your body Mm -hmm. panicking because you're like releasing like the james identity and you're about to inhabit the next character for a bit you know so it's almost like a little death you know and your body goes like uh-oh like uh, you know I, I i'm i'm giving up this you know it yeah, this, yeah. this ego and stuff right then um i'm not sure if that's safe or not you know 
Yeah, I don't like. I have no idea if it's a healthy thing or an unhealthy mm. thing or what it even means. But uh, and do you I know was any healthy it, actors? Healthy actors, like mentally healthy. <laughs> Because yeah, I don't, I don't uh, know if I've met like a healthy actor, and I, yeah, I don't yeah. say this accusatory or, or to anything, yeah. but like, yeah. but of all the arts, I feel I sometimes feel like it's the least cathartic, you know. Yeah, it's it's the you're kind of damned if you do, damned if like. There's two categories. You're either you're so self confident that you're a prick, and no one likes you. Right, the person's like, I'm perfect, and I, you know. Yeah. I, I'm so confident on stage or Darling. in front of the camera, right? And you're like, oh, I hate that person. Um, <laughs> or that person is so self-deprecating. Yeah, It's like, I'm a fraud. I'm a fraud. Everybody hates me. I'm a fraud. Yeah. I'm a fraud. I'm... Yeah. And then that person is also a little annoying because you talk to that person and they're like, no, no, I'm a fraud. I'm a fraud. I'm a fraud. And you're like, just take the fucking compliment. It's just a black um, hole, right? You know, nobody, you know, yeah. um, 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 I was recently told, and I've, this one has really stuck with me. Nobody wants to fuck the little guy. You know, you gotta stop. <laughs> you gotta stop playing the victim. You gotta stop playing yeah. the like the low, the yeah. low status. Like nobody wants to fuck yeah. the little guy. Like be the big guy. You know, like yeah. you want to get laid, be the big guy. Right? Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. It's also hard to take compliments, and because mm. if you're so self-deprecating and you're, you know, like when you go like, oh, if I'm the harshest critic in the room, no one can hurt me. Uh, yes. You, no critic can say anything harmful that's already thought in my brain you know they could boo me and i'd be like whatever so when you you go in just being really hard on yourself um it's like you feel like you're putting up a thing of armor but then mm -hmm. you know the the fallback of that is when people are trying to actually be genuinely nice to you and genuinely caring you're like oh, no i don't know it just it could be better and they're like just come on man we're just trying to be nice to you um, got that, you know like, and i suffer from that like i totally do on. like yeah, yeah, oh, you course. know, like I, you know, my my thing now is just to go like, oh, thank you, I appreciate it, thank you, like it was really nice, and you know, because I'm always like the moment the thing's done, I'm like, how can I make this better? How can I make this better? How can I make this better? What what went wrong? How can you fix this? What what joke can we you know change? And you know, all the little things. Mm. It's all work and work and work and work and work. Um. But that also that like, sounds exhausting. Yeah. That sounds like no fun. Oh like, yeah, I, I don't mean to, yeah. I don't mean to say I don't. I, I say this with no judgment. I say this yeah. with like a deep em empathy of like of like. But you're making a play. Like, where's the fun in it? Mm -hmm. You know. Well, and that's the thing is like, uh, like right now I'm in I'm in Edmonton doing uh, Edmonton Fringe, mm -hmm. and just finished Winnipeg. Had a week and a half off. Go to Edmonton, and. Um, I was doing a solo show in Winnipeg and then a two person show in Edmonton and the two person show debuted. Like we'd never done it before. The mm. other actor is from Toronto. So like we barely got to rehearse. Um, we never worked together before. So it was just like, all right, we're diving in. Like we're doing this on the, um, on the deep end. And so, you know, when you think of fringes and how hard you have to work and how much you're, you're the producer, you're the writer, you know, you're the costume designer, you're the lighting designer. You, you know, you got to, if you don't do your work, you don't succeed with these yeah. type of shows because there's no crew, right? There's nobody who fixes the script for you. So you're like, okay, I gotta, I gotta make a script that's works for tech. I have to do a tech script. I have to do a lighting design. I have to do a sound design. <laughs> I have to not just do the sound design. I have to all put that in a Q lab and then I got to send Q lab to the technician. And, yeah. Um, you know, you have to do all your prom promo work. You have to make your own poster. You have to, you know, do all your publicity, um, you know, and then every day you're hitting the street and you're walking around town. And you're trying to tell people about your show and walking up to strangers and saying, hi, you want to see another show? And, you know, uh, and it's, there's a level of it that's just absolutely draining and soul crushing. But then there's another level of it that, um, once you do it, you're like, oh, I could do anything. Uh, I could do anything in the world now. You know, like some somebody's like, oh, I can't do this one job. I'm like, that's nothing. I did like 10 jobs. 
you know, uh, to do something that may not make me money. And that's the craziest part yeah. is that fringe, there's no guarantee, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you spend like $5,000 investing in yourself and you go, well, I hope I make this back. Right. Like, well, and, and cause it's and like, you never you, know, you never know. Well, that's just it. And you're booking so far in advance, right? Cause you yeah. book all yeah. the festivals, like sometimes a year yeah. ahead and it costs a lot of money just to, just to apply, like let oh, alone yeah. actually then get in, you know, yeah. and, and, yeah. and all that's prepaid when you show up so like you say it's like you know the fringe doesn't give a shit they've they've already got your money you know like, oh yeah they, they've they, they've got they, your money that they, they they get it and um you almost miss that sort of naive 20 year old 18 year old you know when you're fresh out of high school or university or whatever and you're just like i could do this and it doesn't matter and you just got like you know all the charisma in the world you know, and the older you get, you're just like, oh man, if this, if this tanks, I'm ruined. You know, like I'm constantly like every five minutes looking at my print sheet of the sales and going, okay, that's one more ticket. Okay. Today I have to sell 26 tickets to break even, you know, and I just go tomorrow it's 22 tickets or, you know, you just like, you do the math and math. And I remember being 20 and going, this is just fun, you know. Yeah. And Let's go spend our. I'm a star, yeah, you know? yeah, right, yeah. We you know, an honorarium. You know? Yeah, you're like, woo! And you're like, yeah, yeah. I got a decent three star review. Like that's a win for me. And you're just like, now nah, I'm gonna go drinking every day. And you're just like, waste all your money on booze, socializing. Yeah. And yeah. now, now I'm like, you know, well, I don't drink anymore. But it, you know, the whole thing of like, nah, I'm good. You know, and just, yeah. um, I'll be back at my billets in a bath. You know, just yeah, yeah. So tell me about this. Um, so tell me about these shows because I've been seeing you posting about the the Edmonton one, and it it it, it mm-hmm. looks like kind of a send up of Escape from New York. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And totally and is. what? So tell me about the kind of like the the genesis of it, what it is, and and how how is it being received? How is this going? Uh, so far, really good. Uh, we just got a really great glowing review in the Edmonton Journal. Fuck yeah. Um. Uh, my favorite is that it says it's four and a half out of five stars. And the best pull quote is the very end. Uh, it says something along the lines of like, this is like a really great show, blah, 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 blah. Uh, if you don't mind hearing uh, the word pussy a dozen times. And I was like, oh, okay. You're just going to say it and not censor it in the newspaper. And I just like the idea of, you know, just saying Edmonton journal, pussy four and a half out of five stars. <laughs> uh, that's the only pull quote I use on my poster now. Pussy. Because, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, our show is very vulgar and uh, it's not for kids. And yet the best part is that uh, Tamlin, who plays Snake Plitzkin, or plays Kurt Russell as Snake Plitzkin, mm-hmm. um, kids see Tamlin on the street in this costume and just want to see the show. Totally. Like, oh, we got to come. And we're like, uh, like it's adult themes adult themes i mean that's um, that's like that's the case for the original uh escape from new york i remember seeing well, exactly like yeah. photos of him as a kid and being like that's the coolest man i've ever seen on earth yeah. i must watch this movie and i and i remember yeah. seeing it and being like oh i should not have watched this like being well, yeah, eight years old being like, i should be doing this you know yeah right <laughs> right and i think that was the like that's the kind of idea behind it um the whole sort of genesis was I last year after Edmonton Fringe, uh, I I was hanging out with Tamlin Bryson, who's a very, very talented actor. Um, and she's been doing fringes for a little while. Um, and she she was just telling these like really crass stories around the beer tent, and they were just really funny. They were very, very crass. And her shows are very um not crass, you know, like they're, mm. they straddle the line a little bit, but they're, you know, they're more like parental guidance and very, you know, there's adult subject, but it's not like, you know, dirty, you know, humor. Like it's not like, you know, R rated kind of comedy. Um, but she was just telling these like really raunchy stories and they were incredibly funny. And we we're just laughing to the point, like people like crying, going like, Oh, this is so funny. And I was sitting in the airport in Vancouver on the way back from Edmonton with my best friend who was my stage manager and we're having breakfast in the airport. And I just said, Hey man, I have an idea. What if Tamlin played Kurt Russell as snake Plitzkin and fucks a puppet on stage? And he was like, yeah, (laughs) that's my idea. That's it. I was like, I just want to create a show show 
based off of this dumb idea where like there's a female puppet and Tamlin, this femme presenting like a female um, playing a male and does something super toxic, like all about toxic masculinity and what that is and fucks a puppet on stage. Just like does a sex scene. And I was like, I just think that'd be the funniest thing on the planet. And he was like, you should tell Tamlin. And then I kind of like wrote a little bit of a plot synopsis in a couple of weeks. And then I sent a message to Tamlin. I was like, Hey, I have an idea. And she went, I'll do it. I went, great. And then I thought of it as a solo show, uh, just to write for her. And then she said, uh, would you do it with me? And I said, I'll think about it. And then agreed. And then we started writing it. We took a year to write this whole thing. And I just, we spent like four months just going like, watch everything, like watch every seventies, eighties action movie. I just watched like every, I like, I watched everything, but I think three Kurt Russell movies, like his entire filmography. Just to take in all the references and like, what can you, what you can get. I mean, most of it's John Carpenter stuff in the show, but uh, yeah, it's just, this kind of almost, it feels almost like it's going to be a love letter to John Carpenter, but it's more of this like, Hey, we really know um, what we're doing here, which is holding a mirror up to those type of characters and those type of films mm. and showing you how crazy it was and saying like, mm. Hey, you actually thought this was a hero, but this guy's yeah. a wreck and he's a misogynistic jerk, you know, and he takes advantage of women and is racist and not okay, you know, and yet is like, I'm the hero. And so yeah. we didn't, hold back like we just like wrote these jokes within this whole thing where this person's just like you know like let me guess this guy's name is pablo and he's got a bomb strapped to it. And you're like no 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 you know just you can't say those things it's like well i don't know i'm pretty sure men are allowed you know and just really creating a character that just goes like yeah i have no censor to myself yeah um but then putting it in a situation where it's a femme presenting person playing a masculine person and what does that look like like almost clown-esque mm-hmm. and then myself playing all the like side characters like i play steve buscemi guy um yeah. like the sidekick uh yeah. and then we have a puppet that's all the female characters because we were like <laughs> well you know you know i was like it just feels weird for me to be like yeah like i'm a guy and then play it Faye, you know or like put sure, like a female sure. voice to it that's stereotypical like i'm a lady like that kind of garbage sure sure so just like removing that and just going oh mm-hmm. it's just my voice but a female puppet you know mm-hmm. um <laughs> and uh yeah and then just like putting so all the weird all shit the female in there. characters are just like your deep regular voice kind of thing yeah yeah like i don't even try like i don't i'm not like i'm like oh i'm not you know the the, yeah. the main villain is called uh karen jane roding which is a cis white straight woman yeah. and and snake is like well, i don't know white people aren't known for doing bad things uh like, but if it was if it was to start some way it'd be a chick am i right and tries to like high five um and you know and I'm always like, I'm like, no, 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 you can't, you can't say that. <laughs> just, but Tamlin is so invested in the character of playing yeah. Kurt Russell as Snake, and just is like, no, like chicks, yeah, like it's so cool. Um, and then and it's just bonkers. Like we use shadow puppetry, and there's like, you know, we do a fake mime motorcycle chase scene, and mm-hmm. uh, we do a full five minute fight, which we completely mm-hmm. do shot for shot aside from one backdrop uh and a weapon that's used from they live so the big famous fight where uh the two of them fight where he's like hey put on these glasses like don't touch me um we watch that and do it beat by beat for like the exact same thing and then we do that but then we also then play a commentary track of ourselves talking about how we watched (laughs) the movies and how yeah. we choreographed it beat by beat. And so it's like this weird meta yeah. bizarre uh show. Did you um yeah. have you it, this is just I literally just finished reading this book the other day. Um it was called uh it was just called Predator uh a memoir an obsession or something like that by this guy Anders Anders something and he talks about like he's watched like he's like in his like late 40s early 50s and he's watched uh-huh. predator like 150 times like just for the book kind of thing and he like deconstructs it like almost frame by frame to the point of just like obsession and you know he impacts all the like 
you know, um, like the novelization was written by this like famous gay poet who at the exact same time he's writing. Yeah. It, it Like there's just so many like side stories at the same time that this poet, his name was Manet or Monet, Manet, I think um, at the same time he was writing the novelization, his partner was dying of AIDS and he actually ended up writing a memoir of that time where he's talking about like watching his love like die from this you know this virus and 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 he was like working on the predator novelization and like and then like there's all this other stuff obviously there's like deep homoeroticism involved and yeah. there's like you know and there's all the but then the other thing that you're talking about that is so like explored in this is this like watching someone watching something watch something watch something you know and like the uh -huh. removal of like you know you're watching the predator watch arnold but you're also watching yourself having watched it and then you're watching yourself watching it you know and it's just like it mm -hmm. becomes this like really deep mm -hmm. layered deconstruction and it's fucking fascinating but um and it's actually sent me on a bit of a uh black hole recently of re-watching all these old 80s 90s action movies terminator robocop predator mm. and all these you know and, oh, i and love robocop it's fucking love robocop it's yeah i have that on 4k and it is amazing <laughs> like the the arrow 4k of robocop with all the special features oh my god it is amazing it's have it, you it, have you seen the video the youtube video of like the guys that make fun of that uh the the groin shot no have you seen that video you yeah it's very okay, R-rated. You know, up. like in the movie where he's like, oh, I know the weapons, shot where he You know, they're going to yep. like, you know, the, and then he shoots the guy in the groin. There's a, there's a YouTube out there where he shoots it and it just gets more graphic. And he basically groin shots like a hundred men. And they just like, <laughs> these guys made this, and it's an amazing video. Like they somehow work themselves into the shot and it just gets yeah. graphic like there's a a non-graphic version and then there's one where you're like you see all the genitals and all the exploding and you just see like man man after man after man after man be like let's get this lady and they just like one after another just their balls <laughs> just exploding and it's so funny oh, like I you just it. don't see it coming and it's just it, oh my god yeah because oh, so it is a perfect idea because when you see that scene you're like oh that'd be funny and then someone did it and then, yeah <laughs> But RoboCop, RoboCop on its own, like, yeah. it's also, like, it's another level good because it actually understands the genre. Yes. Right? And so I think some people, kind of like Showgirls and uh, was it Starship Troopers or Recall, like, mm. all of that filmography from the director is like, yeah, Burr -Hoban, it's yeah. All, all, what he does so well is he holds up a mirror to, like, American society and goes, like, this is how fucked up I view the, like, what I'm yeah. viewing from you, this is what I'm seeing. And then people every single time at the time are like, what a weird film that I don't understand. He's just weird. It must and you're suck. Like, you don't, yeah. you don't get it. Like he's holding up yeah. a mirror to society here. And that like, that's what like RoboCop is fascinating. It's like fascinating mm. about like people's uh, fascination of like police culture mm. and like the violence and like reality police TV, you mm. know, and just like all of that, like interesting yeah weird and then like the sub there's a i think there's a subplot within robocop of, that's about like global warming that's like in the, the later news. ones yeah right? the way it's, it's like kind of i, it's, it's I think it's of, like in the background in the news right like yeah it gets talked about news. a little bit but it's like that's the 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 well like yes and no it, i if i remember i only watched the first one recently but i remember yeah. it being more in the second one but right. I know the second one doesn't isn't very good. So I, I I I just know in the background of the first one, it's there's just these funny little news bulletins of just like yeah, how yeah. awful everything and just it's yeah. just progressively gets worse and worse and worse. And yeah. They, but it's the same like happy go lucky. I, you know, I yeah. buy that for a dollar. You know. Oh yeah 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 yeah. And that and that's the thing is like the, like the commentary of like reality TV and just mm -hmm. yeah like yeah his like weird under the current b plots like you just go god he's so yeah. good dude yeah um but it is it, it you know it, it's so fascinating watching them too because it's like they you know like you talked about about snake plissken is that it's like these characters were like the idolized men for mm -hmm. generations you know and mm -hmm. it was like the tough no nonsense punch your problems away and get the girl anyway yeah. and and no matter what you do she's gonna love you and you know and like yeah. um and like 
and just like the casual homophobia, you know? And oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, it, and, and it's uh, like, and it just, can't... and it was, and it was romanticized, right? It was glorified, yeah. you know? And yeah. But... And that's always my question with like John Carpenter films is I'm never quite sure if he has his finger on the pulse and is making the commentary. Like, cause like he almost like, there's such a like like there's a, such a fine line with his stuff where you're like, mm. huh? Like, you know, like, you're like, I don't know. Like there, there's yeah. times where I'm like, like, are you making the commentary on these type of films or are you not making so. the commentary? I, I right? think he's too, I, from what I know about him and like, this is me just. Cause I don't know like, anything about him. Right. Yeah, like I didn't, I, 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 I never I, was like, let me deep dive on the director. I was like, oh, I'm going to watch his films and we're going to make fun of the films. Yeah. But I was I like, I don't need to know the guy. Yeah, I, I got into a few because I got really into Halloween for a bit. And so I started mm-hmm. learning a little bit about him through that. And like the first Halloween was like an impulse, right? Like he wrote it in a weekend. Right. And that's why yeah, it's yeah. like, it's like very, if you actually unpack it, it's like actually a piece of shit, but I love it. So, you know, but mm-hmm. um, it makes no sense whatsoever when you actually start pulling at the threads. But um, yeah, suddenly um, on Halloween, no one's home. Right. Yeah. Well, it's the like whole the whole, what's empty. his name? Hello. Um, oh, fuck. What is his name? The th- psychiatrist. Uh, Loomis. Oh, yeah, yeah, like Loomis yeah. serves no purpose. Anyway, but no, it's yeah. like he, um, he, uh, he's a very impulsive writer he's also more of a composer than he is a director like he he writes more for his music and i don't know i get the sense that he uh he writes on impulse and then he lets other people say what what they think it is and then he goes yeah yeah that's what i meant you know and i i don't know i get the impression he's a much bigger misogynist than than i think is yeah. normally uh ascribed to him you know but it's why well, like it's why no his best movie is the thing his... where there's no women in yeah it, you know yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly you're like oh like yeah you don't yeah it's funny because like i really enjoy christine but it's like a stephen king book mm-hmm. and so like he can't really put it like because he didn't write it he didn't put in like mm-hmm. his own so like it's a pretty interesting story christine Mm-hmm. um and again like the thing is just all it's the whole male um but like there's things like they live which like i love they live sure but then there's a like there's a side of it you go i don't know what you were trying to say here because like we now live in a world where you're like okay obey but obey what like what is he anti like is he anti-government well, is he anti honestly and what does that mean yes. right what is that and now you're like is he like because now you go all right no, I know some weird like Trump supporters going to also be like, that means this. And you go, no, no, exactly. no. It actually is the opposite of that. Exactly. But because he's never really come out and just been like, this is what it's about. Yeah. It's almost like anybody can identify with it. Yeah. And thus the film almost becomes problematic. You're yeah. Just like, well, oh, it becomes man, this, generic, like, you know? Yeah. And the it, film it, itself that, is like just messed up and like entertaining yes. just for the Roddy Piper stuff. Like, yeah. you know, like who Hell himself comes, was a or Hell Comes shit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. but I mean, like, or like, Hell Comes to Frogtown, like that's a movie, right? <laughs> Just if you ever want to see like the greatest Roddy Piper movie of all time, where he's the last man, the last ver- was it fertile man on the planet, and so all the Jesus. women are like, we have to have sex with Roddy Roddy Piper, <laughs> right? And there's Saskatoon frog zone. mutants, and uh, yeah, it's it's insane, but it's great. um, yeah, yeah, I don't know, I. I I guess I don't, I, I haven't spent since like, you know, since my like deep dive on, on those initial book, uh, movies, I, I, mm. I, I, the more I think about it, the more I realize I haven't put a lot of thought into John Carpenter, but like, I, um, oh shit, I had a thought about what you were saying about the, oh, but like they live is that it's like, those are the kinds of movies where it, it feels like the modern con, like the modern equivalent is like, um, it's Joe Roganitis of like, yeah, just yeah. being oppositional. But actually, yeah. like, not actually standing for anything with any genuine substance. It's like mm-hmm. you just are oppositional because it challenges your status quo of like you're normal and you're the best, and so yeah, you know. And then, and then, but then, as soon as you start unpacking those, you realize that they stand for nothing, and they're just actually just like vapid conservatives again. You know, yeah. like it's just the same horseshit repackaged. You know, and and I'm I'm just really tired of like yeah, but it's like 
oh, but it's cool, man, because like he puts on these sunglasses and then he like sees the real world, man. And it's like, yeah. no, there you you see the real world. Like there's no fucking yeah, conspiracy. Yeah. There's yeah. no lizard people. Like the fucking people who are laughing at you right now, you can see them yeah. right now. You know? Like Yeah. It's just it's infuriating. <laughs> no, yeah, I totally agree. It's interesting you say the Joe Rogan thing because in the show, the whole why snake has to go to because it's called like escape from edmonton and then in every mm. city we change the name of you know what the title is like you know escape from yep. saskatoon or escape from you know minnesota wherever you want to go um yeah. but uh in this case uh what doesn't change is why snake has to go so there's a black box with a very important item inside of it and he has to retrieve it because it's been lost within the prison but what you find out is that what's inside the black box is a cassette tape and that cassette tape uh, can when played can brainwash anyone who listens to it and so the main villain wants the cassette tape to play it and then to be able to brainwash everyone in canada and then use keywords with their voice right and the joke <laughs> is like and i'll say things like sheeple woke and second amendment and then i'll be yeah. the new leader of canada but then it's like <laughs> well what what is actually played on that cassette tape like what what is the actual thing that is audio and it's like oh well it's just it's just a simple guy named joe Smokes, smokes pot and talks to an array of guests you know and then over time without you even knowing just over time very slowly starts talking to conspiracy nuts and then mm-hmm. without you even picking up on it bammo they start telling you to do stupid shit like shoving a horse pill up your butthole you know and then yep. it just yep. delves into this thing where it's like but once you're hooked you're hooked and you'll believe anything mm-hmm. this moron tells you right mm-hmm. it's like and that's why we want this because it's like the most palpable sort of garbage thing that people mm-hmm. go Ooh, okay and then they're like and then if you just slip in right after that and go uh also this they're like did you hear uh you yeah. know like cows now uh you know shoot but lasers like from the eyeballs yeah, yeah and you're like no what are you talking about like and just, yep. you know, it's a thing in the show where nobody really laughs at that joke. Mm-hmm. Is like, oh, okay. But we're like, no, we're not changing that because that's yeah. like a very true thing, right? It's mm-hmm. like right now there's a lot of this garbage of like, mm-hmm. well, I listen to this and you know, yeah, cool. And, you're like, oh. and I trust him. So I don't have to do my research because yeah, 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 exactly. But- yeah. And that's kind of like also a big part of the show is like this idea of like, you know, just this like it's just white male being like, "Well, I think," and uh, yeah. so uh, therefore it is. And anyway, moving on, not going to question, yeah. not going to even research, you know, and just not going to do any work. And you're like, mm-hmm. "What is happening here?" Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the audience sees that, and that we are like, "But that's the protagonist," and we just openly show that the protagonist is constantly doing this, but nothing ever goes wrong for the protagonist. Right? Like mm. nothing bad ever happens in our show to Snake. Snake lives, Snake wins, Snake gets mm-hmm. the girl. Like in the end, wins everything. And it's still like, mm-hmm. and I didn't learn any lesson. Yes. Right. And then everyone's like, what the hell did I just watch? And you're like, yeah, yeah exactly. Think about it. You that. just watch every story you've ever been told. Yeah. I want to I want to loop back to you know so so what are the like relating to sort of the experience of like you know uh, continuing to to work within theater and and mm-hmm. and the process of fringe and I think that this really plays into one of the core questions that I've introduced to this new kind of batch of interviews has been this question of community right um it's a it's a it's a term I've been hearing batted around a lot there's you know mm-hmm. you know I, I um for for any number of different different communities right and 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 the evocation that that word presents and 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 as i start to define it for myself i realize that it's so nebulous that it's almost undefinable in a lot of ways um and so i guess i'm really curious like what does it mean to you to 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 have a community and what does it mean to sort of show up within a community yeah it's an interesting thing because like i know you had sent before the podcast to would be like hey here's that sort of question and i i agree with you like everything you just said like those were the thoughts i had right like just yeah. like oh it's such a big thing what does it really mean um yeah it's a really it's it's tough right because i think a lot of people put stock into community um and i think that like you know the obvious answer is like that it's important that it's needed um you know uh without community you're nothing um 
you know, you're not like the idea of like, you're not alone. Mm. Right. Like mm-hmm. it, it suddenly kind of like, I was thinking about it. And I was like, Oh, like thinking about being sober now. And you know, like that idea of when people were like, Oh, you know, if you're, or like depression and like, you know, mm-hmm. being someone who's like, Oh yeah. Like I now know that that's what I've been diagnosed with for like years and years and years. And I can talk about this, but then thinking about how, when you're struggling and you don't have the words to communicate what is presented to you is be like, well, reach out to the community. Community is there. Find the community, find the community. Um, And it made me really think about um, how like we teach people to like find community Hmm. um, and find that support. But we don't really teach uh, community to like to embrace Right. Like, I think that there's an interesting thing about how we're always like, you do the work as the individual, not the group help the individual. Right. Like, like it's almost like it should be all for one, you know, not one for all in that sort of situation um, when it comes to community. Because if you have a community and then you have a single, like somebody who's singular, who doesn't feel like they're in the community, it really shouldn't be their job to be like, how do I fit into a community? Where is my community? Like, you know, it should be community that just embraces. So if somebody walks into a room and is like, hey, I think I identify within this community, they go, great, come on in, you know? Not like, well, do you, let's get out our checklist and like, do you check, you know? And it's like, wait a second. Um, Yeah. So uh, it's, yeah, it's it's a, it's tough, right? And and, and, and the other thing I was thinking about, and I know this is like, there's a little bit of an offshoot, but it's, uh, I read this book recently. Um, I'll double check. I don't want to get the title title, like the full title wrong. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was called uh, The Stranger in the Woods, The Extraordinary Story of the Last True Hermit. Mm. Um, and it's a true story. You would, I think you would actually like love this book. Get it. Um, it's about this like true story in the 2000s. They found this guy. He was arrested for being a hermit in the woods of uh, Maine. And he had basically been a hermit for like 30 years, like over 30 years. And the whole thing is that like at one point when he was like out of high school, he just went, I don't want to do this anymore. Got in his car and drove into the woods, didn't tell his family and just disappeared. Wow. And uh, he just lived outside. He didn't have a tent, nothing. And the way he survived was just like stealing from the cabins, like around this <laughs> lake, like yeah. in from this forest. And finally he gets arrested because um because of technology right like because eventually they're like hey we have better security systems and all this stuff like it's in the 2000s by by the time he gets arrested um and so this person hears the story and goes and meets him and writes a book through their interviews and it's really really bizarre and at first you're like oh that's crazy and it delves into like you know like nine out of ten people you know can't even go you know four hours without having human contact right Mm. and all these like stories about monks and people in caves and but this person just for like 30 like over 30 years was like i don't even have to speak to a human being and i'm happy you know and the like the most fascinating part is that like the closest thing that he had to like uh a pet or someone to talk to was a mushroom that just slowly grew over those years right and this guy never talked to people was like no i never talked out loud i never talked to myself i was just happy and he wasn't mm-hmm. vengeful he wasn't angry he wasn't like oh i have to like he just was like no this is just what i want and i don't mm-hmm. want to be a part of this mm-hmm. and by the end of the book there's this really like fascinating sort of viewpoint of like he was just happy with his body and who he was yeah in a very like bizarre way that you don't think about he was just like no i'm okay with me and I'm okay just being out there and I just, I'm okay with silence. I'm, I'm okay with aloneness, you know, and it's the opposite of what community tells us we need to have, right? It's like, no, you have to have community. And it just really made me think of like this idea of you can't really be productive and helpful within any community. You can't help anyone if you haven't helped yourself. If you're not happy with who you are and your body and who like who you are in the world, how can you be with other people? Totally. Yeah. And even though like, you know, 
on a weird level, he was like, I just don't want to be around people. Mm-hmm. There's like, there is an interesting kind of lesson to be learned of like, oh, he was happy. Yeah. With that, you know? And it's like, how can I, you know, like, how can I as a person not rely on community? You know what I mean? Like where I go like, oh, I got FOMO, like fear of missing out. Where I'm like, because I'm not part of the community. I'm not, you know, like a theater community. If I'm not out and about, if I'm not socializing, if I'm not in this or I'm not in that, then who am I as a person? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're still you. You're always mm-hmm. you, right? Like you don't change. And it's like learning how to be happy with yourself and your own time yeah. and your own body and 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 that sort of self-acceptance. Because I you know the thing that i'm exploring right now is like being okay with saying no to things and being okay just being like i'm cool i'm okay just doing what i need to do with myself Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i'm part of this community but i'm also i don't need to be like i'm in this community like i don't need to like in certain things and you know when we talk about you know and now i think you know the thing you were sort of touching on like what does community mean it's like you know, we now have like communities like, you know, like the LGBTQ plus a community you have, like, you know, like there are communities within communities, within communities, within communities. It's like, um, and it's, and I think that's great because of what it's doing is it's allowing people to like find themselves. Right. We're mm-hmm. like, Oh, I see this, you know, and it's there. Um, and uh, yeah. And it's like, but how do you, how do you still find yourself hmm. within those? You know, I, I be just happy with yourself, even if you're like, I'm not sure if I fully fit into this category. You yeah. know, because I, I think that's the I, thing I, is we create categories within categories within categories. Well, so this good. is what, yeah, I think this is where my brain leads is that it's like I, I, I almost, I think, I think internally, I think what I differentiate from what I'm hearing you talk about is is a separation of like community versus a society um because i feel Mm -hmm. like a community a community is like for lack of a better word is a safe circle you know what i mean yes and 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 while while like i'm somebody who will question like what my status is within my community and where i stand and am i loved and i will have those questions it's also like those aren't questions that anyone can answer but me you know because i think a community would recognize that those are internal problems I have and would accept me anyway. But I think what I'm hearing about those external pressures, that's like a societal pressure, which to me is like, it's either a larger circle or it's a more ambiguous, maybe it's more of a straw man situation, but it's like, you know, those pressures of like forcing yourself to fit in or being forced to fit in or any of those things or figuring yourself out. That's more to me like a cultural or a societal pressure than an actual community pressure, you know? Um, um, because I totally understand what you're saying about, about, about them. And I think, mm-hmm. um, I think that, that at least where I lean towards though, is that community would be a safer circle to, to be able to come in and out of, right. Where society isn't something safe to come in and out of. Yeah. 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 Right? And exactly. I think that's the goal is that that's what it should be. And then I, I get worried about that. They bleed into each other. Right. That like mm. you're like, oh, this is a community. And then they take like societal norms into the community thing. And totally. you're like, oh, yeah. what is happening? And you're like, this is supposed to be a safe yeah. space. And now you're actually excluding someone and being harmful to someone, even though like that's you know what you said you're against. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're trying well, to be that- like, we're accepting on this and we should do yeah. this. And then somebody walks in and you're like, Oh, but you're not enough of that yet. Yeah. Well, that becomes right? a, like, that becomes a negotiable like that becomes an internal negotiation for yourself, though, right? Exactly, because it's yeah. like that's like like there's nothing I can do or say that like would change that other person's behavior. Like it's like I yeah. I, I can't yeah. change how somebody thinks, and so it's like if if I you know if there is somebody in my circle who you know I have felt safe with and I no longer feel safe with, like that's mm-hmm. now on me to negotiate. Like, do I continue that that relationship or not? You know, um, um. And like, there's, you know, and that's like, that's not easy. That's like, there's a lot of sadness to that. Right. But it's like, you know, it's, it's things shift, things change, right. Nothing static. And so it's like, fully because I, I, I I hear, I hear what you're saying too about like, you know, um, and I think, I think all sides of the like supposed sort of like political spectrum do this of like, there's a, there's like a purity test, you know, and I, and I know that there's Mm. definitely that on, on left leaning groups as well. Um, 
no matter how well intentioned, they still are leery, right? And and that ends up getting manifested in inadvertently destructive behavior, you know, whether it's like gatekeeping or or you know purity testing or whatever it might be. But um, but it's like I think I think for me where that comes down to is like yeah, like I say, just like negotiating with yourself of like, okay, this was safe, but like eliminating the like sunk cost fallacy of like well we but there has been time spent you know um and just removing that altogether and instead being like well it's not safe now so i'm gonna remove myself remove myself until or if something changes you know yeah and i and and i no, i fully agree i also think that like that can also be hard too right like like in practice you know like like it's one thing which is why like it's almost a weird thing. It's so much like you need community within community to like totally to know, right? You go like, oh, mm-hmm. this this thing's feeling toxic, and I, I want to remove myself. But sometimes we're like, no, but that's part of my identity, so I shouldn't have to leave. You know? Yes. So yeah. What do I do? You know? And mm-hmm. and then it becomes mm-hmm. like a whole mess. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, well, and that's yeah. I think I think that's the thing that like that like spikes me about about like a story like say of like a hermit or something is that it's like I think that that's like a, I, I'm fascinated. I can't wait to read this, but it's also like I do believe that humans are a communal animal, and so I do mm. think like I mean without knowing anything about this guy and yeah. not trying to impose any assumptions on yeah. him, but like but like that feels like uh, there's a sadness there, you know, and that feels like yeah. there's a there's a disconnect there, and it's not something I'd be interested in doing myself you know i'd love to learn about him and i'd love to hear about him but like exactly i do think like even a community of two is still a community you know Mm -hmm. like 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 and he technically had a community he had a living thing with him you know so it's like yeah yeah he's in nature and that's just like he's connected to that and that's what you kind of find out sort of in the end is that he's like no no i just don't want people you know Mm -hmm. and once he like you know he gets arrested and he goes to jail once he gets out he has to live with his parents again and they keep coming back right. to it. You just see this guy who's just miserable, miserable <laughs> to be in society, yeah, yeah. right? Just yeah. goes like, I hate this. I just want to be in nature. I just want, yeah. like, that's what makes me happy is just being alone and doing this. And they're like, but why? Like just the fact that nobody can understand it. And he's mm. like, cause I don't want to talk to you. Right. Yeah. Like the amount of disdain that he had for conversations. And he was like, Oh, you're just a rare bird. You know, it's like you're the rarest of birds just out there. It's just like, no, I'm over here. And you're like, that's fascinating. Folks who listen to the podcast are going to know on some level that you are a wrestling fan. Yes. (laughs) Right? I make no bones about it. Make no bones about it. Um, (laughs) So here's my question. In a world of professional wrestling, characters often embody larger-than-life personas. So how do you think the themes of friendship, self-acceptance, and community play out within the realm of wrestling storylines and the relationships between wrestlers? Oh, well, there's, I mean, that's in, to me, that's embodied in the, like, almost 10-year-long story of the Elite and and all the ins and outs that have been going on with that. I think Kenny Omega and Adam Page um, are, like, master storytellers of, like, intimacy and unpacking, like, toxic masculinity through their, mm-hmm. through their wrestling. And maybe even Adam Page more so, but... I think I lean on Kenny Omega because of his long going long story with the golden lovers with Kota Ibushi and how, you know, he's doing like a queer storyline about like a tumultuous love affair. Um, And so, um, you know, watching how the elite uh, are close and intimate and tight and touch each other. And then they break up and they fight and they, you know, and like, Mm. I think it really represents the, the, the chaos of what it means to be a friend. Um, And I think, I think actually a lot of stories, you know, a lot of stories of like, you know, tag teams who like achieve things together and then break up and then reunite, you know, I think there's a really stock version of, of what it means to be a friend within that. Um, I also was unpacking the other day about how there's a lot of born again Christians in wrestling. And yeah. I get the feeling shocking that amount. a shocking amount. And I, I yeah. get the feeling that it's because they get to touch boys all day, you know, like, but it's like, but it's a straight way. Like, like, no, I'm not gay. No, I just grease up and wear a bikini yeah. and touch boys for a living, but it's not gay, you know, like, yeah. um, and so I just, I can't help but feel like it's them 
circumnavigating like it's like a little a little cheat route you know it's like a shortcut right. through mario kart of like how to how to touch boys and not get in trouble with god <laughs> you know <laughs> i was gonna say that uh yeah when it was like christians i was like oh it's probably because so many of them were like we just had sex with everybody cheated on all our wives and did all the coke and drugs in the world and then they get old and they're like oh i'm gonna have a heart attack and die if i don't stop and then they meet yeah. someone at their fifth wife who's like jesus is the way and they go sure all right like jesus yeah, and yoga might as well try you know it. and they yeah. might as well try it and they're like oh i'm good yeah and so it's like so they just like yeah. buy in because it gets yeah. them away because like it's either that or admitting that you had a problem mm-hmm. you know and going to like aa and all, all this other stuff like mm-hmm. just the amount of like debauchery well, it's that blanche, happens. right like it's yeah and they just go we, you're forgiven you go exactly yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. so yeah. they're like you never well, have to actually fess yeah. up to anything you get to just exactly. go oh i found jesus so now i'm a good person so yeah. you actually have yeah. to forgive me because i'm better yeah. than you now again you know yeah exactly um, yeah yeah but it is yeah no i think i think actually there's lots of storylines that that deal with you know obviously in a very like melodramatic and heightened mm-hmm. and circus version of it um and also like there's yet to be a storyline that I see that resolves with not fighting, which like I would, you know, as much as I love wrestling and I love the art of it, like I'm not somebody right. who thinks you punch problems, you know? <laughs> so, so yeah. it would be great if they somehow th- threw a wrench in there somewhere and found a way to tell a story where they actually talked about it and confronted each of their mistakes and took yeah. accountability for their actions. And, you know? yeah. That'd be insane. Could you imagine? Right just at Wembley main, Stadium, uh, they're just yeah, like we've both event. made mistakes, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's the main event, and we're just gonna hug it out and not wrestle. Okay, we're friends now. End of show. Yes. Right? Oh my we're god, like, oh. I would love it. I would love. It. I'm, okay. I'm I'm dying for that that main event. You know, um um, you know the the real heart. As I often caveat here, the real heart of this show has been this question. It, it really focused on have I have I been a good friend? You know, that mm-hmm. was that was sort of the heart question. And as I was unpacking that, I, I got to realize what, a again, you know, a term like community, a term like friend. These are really nebulous, mm. really multifaceted terms. And and um, and I I'm, every time I pose this question, I get this really beautiful, different answer because it's such a singular experience, you know. And um, and so I put to you what I put to, to all the guests um, to you. What does it mean to be a friend? Yeah. I, yeah. Again, like it's such a big question and yet i it's probably also a very simple question Mm. i think like at its core no matter what someone says because i was thinking about this is that it's almost like i think like you know you no matter what their answer is it's always going to get boiled down you know you can whittle it down to what its core like what one thing means and all of them shoot out from one answer Totally. I think that at the end of the day, it's based on um, embracing others. Like, I think it's just that, that that's what it is at its core. Is that if you're just someone who's willing, like, you know, when you're a friend to someone, you've just embraced them. Mm. Like, you just go like, I embrace you, you know? <laughs> I, I get wary of the word, like, acceptance. Because acceptance kind of feels like a, like I had to. Yeah, like, you know, it's like. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah, it's like, well, I accept it. And it's like, no, no, it's like, you just openly embrace someone. And that idea of I love of like, that reframe. I love that so much. Yeah. Like, I think that's just what it is at its core. So when you're like, when somebody gives an answer and they're like, oh, it means this and this and this, you're like, no, it all kind of trickles down to like embracing others mm-hmm. and getting embraced yourself. Um, yeah, which is a, yeah, it's a thing that I think people should be doing more of i think that kind of like i think that connects a little bit to like my the previous thing we we're talking about which is like you know the community in like you know accepting or like uh, embracing rather than the individual searching right like yeah. one of my key things is like you should never have to look for support support should just be there and it's easy to do so um yeah yeah like because it, there's so many times when you're like oh i i'm looking for this thing you know and sometimes you'll ha- you'll be looking for that support and that friend and that friendship and you'll miss that somebody was like holding their hand out the entire time like it's yes. you'll, you'll be yes. shocked like you're sh- it's you, you'd be shocked on how many times 
or who it's going to be will extend their hand and help you up when you're feeling down. You know, it may not be your best friend. It may not be like a family member, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, it could be a stranger, you know, it could be yourself. Like you could have a moment with yourself and you're like, Oh, I just realized this thing. You know, it's like these it's yeah. Um, but again, that comes back to embracing. Like if you embrace yeah. yourself or like somebody else is like, no, no, I just, I embrace who you are. And you're like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> like I can, I can be me and you know, um, yeah. yeah, I think that's kind of at its core. What I love that. I love that. Frame. You know, I was thinking a lot about recently, I was thinking about the concept of grace, you know, and like mm-hmm. yeah, the, the concept of sort of like. Uh, you know allowing which is which which i know yeah. has closer connotations to something like accepting but it's just this it, it, what in my heart what it feels like i'm driving at is this is this it's not allowing as if like i i deign to allow you to to exist but it's more right. like oh that's who you are absolutely continue that you know yeah and i think that that more comes back to this idea of grace which is like you know i think people who for instance you know to use like a very simple but like prescient problem right now, like people's resistance to like pronouns, you know, is that it's like, I find that very oh, ungraceful, Don't get me right? Because it's like two hours on that one. I know. I know. And that's why I was like, I'm we got to like, keep it simple, we... but it's like, yeah, it's like all, it's all that someone do. is asking you for yeah. is like, this is a word that you already know. And I'd like to be addressed with yeah. that word. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's all yeah. it is. That's, and it's and it's, so it finds like, it's a lot, it's very, it, to me, it's a very deep lack of grace to, to resist that, mm-hmm. you know, like it's like, it's very clumsy and it's very sloppy, sloppy. And it, and it demonstrates the person who's resistant, like, I, I, you know, has something really sad within them or has something really broken within them, you yeah. know? And, and I feel, I do feel a lot of empathy for people who resist it because of the confusion and the, and the fear that comes along with it. But like, yeah. but at the same time too, um, you know, it's not hard to just go, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, like it's, like, it's the um, easiest thing in the world mm-hmm, to just be mm-hmm. like, okay, like you're you. Great. Exactly. exactly. I you know, I constantly say it all the time. I'm like, the only thing I care about is if you're an asshole or not. That's yes, it. That's exactly I don't that. care. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you could be non-binary and an asshole. You know what I mean? Like yes. you could be, yeah. you know, a cis straight person and an asshole. I only mm-hmm. care if you're a nice person or not. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a nice person to me, then, and the people that I love and like I care for, great. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, then I'm just not going to give you the time of day. I don't care yeah. who you are in the world. I'm just yeah. not going to put myself in situations or the people that I'm involved with to go like, Hey, I'm going to just let this crap happen. I'm just like, yeah. no, yeah. I'm removing it. Like, bye-bye. Yeah. Like, it's okay. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. and yeah, like the pronoun and just like the whole like, well, I don't, it's like, there's, it, you just do it. Like, you don't care. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you called someone Prince until the yeah. day they died. And at one point they were just like, I'm now the artist formerly known as Prince. And you went, cool beans. You know what yep. I mean? Like yep. Madonna's name isn't Madonna. Why do you give a shit? Puff yep. Daddy changed his name a million times. Yeah. Right? Yep. Like, yeah. His name's not Snoop Dogg, and yet here you are calling him Snoop yeah. Dogg. Well, I right? you know, like, funny. I actually why do you give a use, shit? Uh, I actually always use wrestlers as a really good example of that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. People, His like, name's not the Undertaker. Actually, well, not only that, like, I actually think that um, wrestling culture should be used as a bit of a case study for dead naming because, like, yeah, you know, yeah. like, like, you know, he used to be Dean Ambrose and then he shows up at a new, at a new uh, promotion and now he's John, right. John Moxley and everybody adapts to it. And so yeah. what I don't understand is like, well, why, why does he get that grace? But, but someone else doesn't, you know? Yeah. And, and, and yeah. they don't, they don't understand that it is the same thing. Like it's just, Oh, it is exactly you know, the same thing. Who you are in that moment. Right. So, yeah. But yeah, that's, but, that's um, a great, uh, that's a great thing. I think I'm going to use that and be right. like, Oh, yeah. that's cool. So do you just get, are you like, every time someone's like Hulk Hogan, you're like, uh, Terry. Exactly. <laughs> Terry. Exactly. Like, no, you know? he's Hulk Hogan. Like, what do you give a yep. shit? You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, this exactly. is what it was. You yep. don't even know that the guy's name's Terry. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> if I was like, oh, hey, Terry, you'd be like, excuse me, his name's Hulk Hogan. Right? Like, his name is Hulk, actually. It's thank Hulk. You, but <laughs> Last name Hogan. His name is <laughs> Ultimate. His name is ultimate? ultimate. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Last name warrior, 
Although yeah. actually, he's a funny one because he actually did change his name to Warrior. But well, that's it. Yeah, that's and then a was actually like transphobic. And yeah, well, yeah, and then wasn't phobic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just the watching the time, so guy. I just, I really want to, um, I want to just jump to the very last thing. Um, yeah. um, I, I'm sorry we couldn't get to more of your questions. I really oh, liked yeah, that question, but fine. we'll just next, we'll, we'll get you on again, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, I always love leaving listeners with like an actionable thing that they could try out this week. So, so mm. what do you think is one thing people could try doing to be a better friend to 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 them and their community? Um, I think it's, it just goes back to embracing. I think that's the key to it. You know, like I just, I honestly do. I really, really, really do. Like I, you know, I've been, I toured the last couple of years with a show um, called like a Batman parody, 89 to 97. And, you know, and it's just about, you know, you think you're going to get a show about the Batman films, you know, recreating them on stage, one person, blah, 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 blah. Um, but, you know, it's filled with stories about my parents and being myself and, you know, and, the whole mo- like the play starts with a video and the video has like slides of me as a kid. And I tell yeah. a story at the very beginning about how I, a teacher asked me to write an essay when I was like seven. And it's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I don't know. And uh, because I'm not grown up yet, which is true. That really happened. And I got in trouble <laughs> and, you know, and then I go like, Oh, but you know, I knew that they were just like telling me to like play in a sandbox. They were like, go do this, go do that. Be this person, you know, yep. like, you you have to grow up. You can't be on swings anymore. You have to like start thinking about a job. Mm-hmm. And then I do the whole play about Batman and stuff. And then when I go to do the very end, I read kind of tell that monologue. Uh, but then I continue it. So when you think it ended, I just continue that on. And mm-hmm. the whole ending of it is, you know, saying that, um, like, you know, when I was a kid, I had to, I had to write an essay and I said, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up, but I actually did. I wanted to be Batman. And I knew that I couldn't say I wanted to be Batman because I knew that I'd get in trouble. I knew that mm. if I said that, uh, adults would say, that's not a real job. That's just make-believe. You can't actually be Batman. Um, you know, pick something else to be with your life. Be somebody else. Go play in this sandbox over here. Don't play in this sandbox over there. Like, like mm-hmm. you know, fit into this mold, this predetermined mold. Yeah. And here's why I know that's incorrect and then i start removing items of clothing and you start to realize that i'm wearing a batman outfit underneath that looks exactly like the same batman costume i wore when i was four years old made out of felt fuck yes and then i say that i believe that every single person on this planet knows who they are everybody Mm. from you know from the day you're born to the day you die you know you you know you the best you know how you want to walk this planet you know what roads you want to go down you know how you want to cut your hair you know how you want to talk you know how you what clothes you want to wear you know your identity the best and the only thing that holds an individual back from truly being themselves is society telling the individual they cannot be themselves and so you have to ask yourself this question do i support others and who they are and when you've come to terms with the fact that you are not doing as good of a job as you think, which is okay, and this is a thing that I myself, Rod, deal with every day and still work on every day, you have to ask yourself a far more important question, which is how do I become better at supporting others in who they are? Because no one should ever have to look for support. It should just be there. And I know it works because I've had it my whole life. From a child to an adult, people have supported me in who I am. And then I, you know, I I talk a little bit more about like Batman and stuff. But that message, that idea, I believe still connects to, I just realized it's like so dark on my side. Yeah, Um, I was like, the sun just set. I was like watching the sunset. Um, That was cool. uh, I like that. Uh, That at the end of the day, that still connects to friends and you being a good friend and being a good person is how do you support others? How do you support your friends and who they are and who they want to be? Yeah. Because, you know, those things are immensely important. Mm. Immensely important. Yeah. That's yeah. my big, that's my big thing right now. Uh, and I uh, and I know that, you know, in a way connects to like literally the conversation we just had about pronouns yeah, exactly. and people. And it's just like, yeah. hey, like if I can dress up as Batman and be a silly person, you can and yeah. accept me. You can accept anyone on this planet, you Big know, time. 
Like everyone deserves friends. Everyone deserves like a community. Everybody deserves like all those sort of things. Right. And they Mm -hmm. shouldn't have to look look for them. We should just have it there and we can just come in and go whenever we need. (laughs) Right. It's, Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not hard. It's a very easy thing. It's easy. It's easy practice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Rod, you're the best. Thank you. I, I, I feel like that's just such a beautiful summation of everything. I feel like I want to leave it there. But uh, but thanks for coming back on. I really appreciate no, this. I appreciate you reaching nice out. To... And... Yeah. yeah nice really. Between, I, you know. Uh, and and on, honestly, we already. I already know. I have to get you on a third time because we barely talk about wrestling, and uh, oh God, and we didn't yeah. even get to the Seattle trip. And so like we we'll have. Oh, to that's right. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to. But I was gonna say, let's just plant the seeds for the for the third of the trilogy. You know, it'll be the the Rod Peter Jr. Forever episode. You know, <laughs> this is Rod Peter Jr. Returns. You know, <laughs> and then no one listens because they're like, oh, oh, wrestling. Okay. Yeah. 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 No man, be... wrestling's kind of gay, so I'm not gonna listen to that podcast. Yeah, that's how. That's right. why All it right. rules. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly um, exactly so so is there like uh is there anything you want to plug um uh, this episode won't be out by the time like your fringe yeah, ends I'll but be, like what, what do you got kind of coming up or like anything in the future you want to plug anywhere uh, you want listeners to find you anything like that no i mean i'm on social media on all the social medias blue sky i'm on the i'm on blue sky too now mm. what's blue sky blue sky is like this like really hard to get into basically like twitter but you have to get an invite code from someone to get in and you have to be on long enough to then get a code that you can send to another person. Oh. And so, and they, they unlike Twitter actually pay attention to stuff and like right. remove that. So you're like, Oh, it's actually much nicer. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Like it's all my, my, my handle is all Rod Peter jr. On everything. Like it's, I'm very fortunate gotcha. to have not one of those things where it's like X one dash you know the blah blah it's like just rod peter jr wherever it is that's always the same and i i don't do much except for like post things about movies and you know the entertainment that i watch i love it because i hate social media that's it so i mean welcome to the club that's what this whole show was about i know yeah you're just like oh it's a cesspool Mm. i'll just post the movies i like that's it That's all I do. I love it. And that's it. Thank you one more time to Rod for coming on the show. It was such a pleasure chatting with him and just getting to catch up. And I hope I can get him on soon for some kind of, you know, all wrestling, all the time episode. I'm just, I'm not totally sure if my listener base would be super interested in just like an entirely wrestling-centered episode. If you think that's something you'd be into, let me know. Because I genuinely feel like I could talk about pro wrestling for hours on end. But I do find myself avoiding it a little bit on the show. So, um, yeah, just let me know. If you can't get your fill of Friendless, be sure to sign up for the weekly Substack. You're going to get a brand new piece of writing from me, along with a playlist for the week, and all kinds of other goodies. It is free, and it is a ton of fun. Sign up in the links in the show notes. You won't regret it, I promise. And if you regret it, well, hey, you can just unsubscribe. But you won't, because you're going to love it. So don't listen to me unpack a thought and not edit it out. Just subscribe and enjoy. But that is it for me. I'm going to wrap this up before I put my foot in my mouth and say something stupid. So thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you so much. And I hope you are just, I just, I hope you're, I hope you're good. Hey, I hope you're good. (laughs) I need to, I need to go to bed. Um, I'll be back next week with a brand new episode and I hope you will join me there, but I'm not going to worry about that right now and neither should you because that is then and this is now. So for now, all I'll say is I love you and I wish you well. Fun and safety, sweeties.